Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. I want to give a different perspective, hopefully to a lot of you that are maybe not the biggest sports fans, but hopefully bring you in from lessons from the sports world into the real world, the business world, the life outside 
the comic pages where a lot of people think sports resides, it's all affected. And it all makes sense when you start thinking about the lessons from sports that can apply to business. I'm going to talk today about the story dominating the headlines in sports this week, the story of Raiders coach John Gruden being no more. Um, it's an interesting story, and we're in the second week that I've addressed you about the same subject, which is leaders of men behaving badly. And it's ironic that here we are exactly the same time I talked to you last week with the same issue, but in a much different form, which is a head coach in the National Football League, the most watched sports league in the history of man, being caught with damaging behavior. Last week, if you were here and remember and followed the story, it was the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Urban Meyer, who was caught with a woman grinding against him in a bar, and of course had to explain that away and then come back and lead his team. He survived. We talked about reasons why and obviously the financial impact that it would be to move on from him, even though they haven't won a game yet, even though he's had other gaffes, the Jacksonville Jaguars have retained Urban Meyer. This week, we see leaks, email leaks from, it's hard, you know, it's hard to explain this because it just comes out that, oh my God, he said something racist. When did this happen? How did this happen? Where did it come from? Let me try to unpack it for you a bit of the, the unpacking of the news and then my comments. There's been an investigation into the Washington Football Club. Obviously, the club used to be called the Redskins, the club I actually grew up with. I'm a native of Washington, D.C., going to games since I was a toddler at RFK Stadium and going to see that team play. And now it's had some issues. It's devolved from the front office and ownership point of view. There's been an ongoing investigation headed by a law firm in DC about a toxic workplace there, about treatment of women, about misogynistic comments and behavior, about trips with cheerleaders where they're asked to do unsavory things. This has all been going on for quite a while. Somehow, some way, some emails emerge about someone in 2011 making these comments in the Washington Football Club workplace investigation. And that's John Gruden sending emails to the vice president of the team at that time, a friend of his named Bruce Allen. And these emails are highly damaging as we've seen the past couple days. So that's a little bit strange right away. We have emails from someone who was working for ESPN, I was working with him at the time, John Gruden, to a Washington employee that somehow surfaced this week. What we have not seen is any other of the 650,000 emails as part of this voluminous investigation. So here's what happens. It comes out last week. He had a racist email against the head of the NFL Players Union. It just so happened that day the NFL Players Union was holding a vote about that person. <laughs> that seems a little bit coincidental. 
And then more emails come out over the weekend, drip by drip by drip, as the Raiders are playing the Bears and they lose. And then Monday night, during Monday night football, Gruden resigns. And we see more emails, and they're about they're they're against women and they're against the commissioner and they're against this and that and all that. I guess my take on this is there's no way to defend what John Gruden, this famous coach who's been around football for 30 years, did. Of course it's repugnant, it's vile. There should be consequences. But something doesn't smell right. And what doesn't smell right is that we haven't seen more. Like someone wanted this out there and wanted him out. And there seems to be some pressure that he's gone. And now the public, fans, media, if you follow the news, if you follow social media, everyone wants more out of this investigation. They want more. What has been uncovered about the Washington team? What has been uncovered about their workplace, That which is the focus of the whole thing? And then the attorneys that are representing all the women who were affected working for that team put out a statement yesterday saying, what about us? The firing of John Gruden in Las Vegas doesn't help these affected parties. So I guess what I'm doing is sort of giving you a glimpse inside a tough, ruthless world of corporate business at the highest level. These NFL owners are used to winning. They're not used to hearing no. And someone somewhere leaked out this information and got a desired result, perhaps last week of getting that union head reelected and getting John Gruden fired. <laughs> now listen, John Gruden probably should get fired, but this was 10 years ago and he wasn't even working for an NFL team. He didn't start working for the Raiders, I think till 2017 or 18. So we got a lot of questions. I guess the bottom line is of course, you can't, as I tell players that I've worked with for 30 years, like, think about things before you press send. His emails, you know, appeared in Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Washington Post, everything's out there. And he's a leader. Of course, he shouldn't, shouldn't do that as a leader of men. Now, he's a leader of men in a different way than he was in 2011. I know John Gruden. I knew him. We were working together at the time for ESPN. I found him full of bravado and gusto and certainly a, a force when he started talking about players and we started talking about teams. He got you excited in the room because I was working with Monday Night Football for a while and providing them a lot of insight and information and he just gets going. But I never heard anything like this. You know, I never and people have seen him on TV and seen his chucky face and all those things, but it's another reminder, we're all under watch. Every person in the world now is a video reporter and every email seems to surface. So it's a cautionary tale. It's men behaving badly again, being exposed 
but not just men, leaders of men. And that's really the issue here. It's tough. It's tough, that, but leaders have to be above reproach. They just have to be. I mean, they just cannot put themselves in compromising positions. So the axe has fallen on Gruden. And, you know, Urban Meyer, we talked about last week, is still alive and kicking and coaching in Jacksonville. Actually, they're playing in London this week. So all these things have happened over the last week, which just sort of scratched my head like, there's more to these stories. <laughs> and things are happening. Hey, champions, guess what? The Breakfast with Champions podcast airs live. Every single day, 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. only on the Clubhouse app. So make sure to download Clubhouse and go check out Breakfast with Champions. You're not going to regret it. See you there. Out there, and sometimes we feel like, what's going on here? And I guess my comment about the Gruden emails are, is this. Of course they're repugnant. Of course he deserved consequences. No one's debating that. But what's going on here? Why aren't we seeing more of these emails? Why aren't we seeing more of this investigation, which is really supposed to address sexual harassment in a toxic workplace in this asset, the Washington football team, worth $3 billion? I don't get it. And it's so public. Everything is so public with the NFL. But these things are hidden. And my comment is always that what breeds trust, because in sports, in business, in life, what really breeds trust is transparency. That breeds trust. What breeds this feeling, I've had people tweet at me that it just seems like the NFL owners, they're like mafia, they're like gangs, they're like gangsters, they're like this, they're like... I said, yeah, what breeds that is secrecy. Secrecy is going to breed this feeling like, I don't know if I trust these guys. I don't know if I can even follow this product. Now, the NFL is the most popular product, as I mentioned. In sports, the numbers are staggering in terms of what they get from media and how many people watch. And even a bad game outrates the World Series or the NBA playoffs or hockey playoffs, all those things. But a couple lessons. One, we're always under watch, especially leaders. They have to be beyond reproach. And transparency breeds trust. And secrecy breeds a mafia-like feeling about people. Like, what is going on there? And I've been dealing with this all week. And, yeah, it's, it's a good topic for me personally. I'm going on NBC Peacock in a few minutes. I have to, unfortunately, leave a little before my segment's over. I'm doing uh, MSNBC later. I'm doing CNN tonight. These are things where, you know, people are interested in this. And these aren't sports shows I'm doing, right? This is where sports bleeds over to the rest of, of life. And I often deal with this when I talk to people. They're like, well, what about, it's just sports. I'm like, no, no, it's not just sports. Sports is a microcosm of everything going on among us. And sports is public. And now everyone's a reporter. So these are lessons coming out of the news with these two iconic 
football coaches over the last week and what they've accomplished. I'm sorry, disaccomplished. Okay, so Meyer stays in Jacksonville. Gruden's gone. I don't know if we'll see him again. It would be a lesson to see if someone as charismatic as that resurfaces. Probably not in the NFL. Maybe in media. We will see. But I want to get that out there. And I have about seven minutes left before someone hopefully brings this half hour to conclusion. I got to run to do some. I got you, Andrew. Okay, but questions, comments. Hey, Andrew, I got a question for you. This is Brad. I'm right beside you. Hey, Brad. Hey, brother. Um, one, I was, you know, I'm, I'm a huge sports fan, and uh, I think uh, whenever something like this happens, it always gives me pause, and I always try to dig into it as much as possible. And I was watching, I assume it was ESPN, and you know, you're Stephen A., and I think maybe it was Keyshawn Johnson. I'm a Colts fan, and Jeff Saturday was was on the on the show, and um, they were talking about how they believe that the stuff with Gruden um, is indicative of a greater problem within the National Football League of um, issues of systemic imbalance, um, kind of a cultural ineptitude, um, you know, specifically to some of the things that um, John Gruden said about uh, homosexual athletes and women, um, the stuff he said about race and, and black Americans, that yeah. in, intolerable. But when it comes to the level of like, you know, kind of cultural misalignment, you know, he spoke about the protests in his email, women referees, having gay athletes. And um, do you think it is isolated or do you think it is indicative of a greater problem within the National Football League? Yeah, it's a great question. I can only speak from my experience. I mean, I was in Little Green Bay, Wisconsin. We were a fishbowl. None of us were from Central Wisconsin. We were there. Obviously, most of our players are African-American. Yeah, I noticed some of that there, but only from a cultural point of view of ignorance, not racism. And that, in other words, let's be honest, there weren't a lot of black people besides players in that area. And I did come across some examples of they just not understanding, you know, and not really realizing what they were saying was, was racist and can be perceived that way. I think the bigger issue, what you point out, Brad, is that, you know, I follow these leagues closely the NBA has seemed to be a player's league where commissioner and leadership of the league really respects and embraces player opinion and player causes. The NFL, with a much older ownership base, which makes a difference generationally, seems to be a still a feeling from the 70s and 60s and 80s, whatever it was, where hey, it's our game, you know? These players are just here for two, three, even the best, maybe 10 years, but there'll be new ones. And we're always going to be here. I don't think, I think it's hyperbole to say this kind of plantation mentality. I don't think it's that. But I think there's a real feeling for me being in the game and sitting in those owners' meetings where like, you know, this is our game. 
you know, the players are kind of here. They're the labor force. They're the product. But we control this. So that's a, a nice dichotomy to point out between, say, the NBA and the NFL. I know Dr. Shapiro had a question. Yeah, actually, I did. Um, so don't you think that that I actually had a different question, but I'm going to pivot now because of what you just said. Don't you think that's more of the size of the rosters and mm-hmm. the opportunities in those in those leagues for people like, you know, years ago, running backs were really prized. Right. But now you can sort of create a stable of them uh, and and you know, it's, it's the next man up mentality when it comes to running backs. So other than the skill positions, you know, everybody seems to be more interchangeable in those leagues than in basketball where you have a very limited roster. And I think that's part of that whole mentality. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, I think the lesser roster gives more star power to the players and gives them more protections, but listen, both leagues and all leagues, as we know, after the George Floyd situation, we're, Making a lot of social causes in the NFL, you know, we have end racism at the and the back of these helmets now. We have it in the goal in the end zones, and this is something where they had to take a stand. I don't know if there's a general feeling like they want this to continue, but that's where we are. And of course, Gruden is sacrificed, and sort of that's my feeling about this. I, I use that word. I think he's being sacrificed. I'm not defending him, but I don't. The question to me is sacrifice for what? I don't have the answer to that. And we may see more of this. You know, I think what we're going to see, honestly, is a drip, 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 drip of emails coming out of this investigation. I do think Rudin's just the first. Another question. Or Sean, you had something else. No, I was letting you know that when you're when you're ready to do, to go do NBC, I was ready to take over for you. Okay. Yeah, I'll take one more question before I have to run. Does anybody have a question for Andrew about the last segment? I think we're good, Andrew. If you want to get a couple extra minutes to get a, a sip of water or something like that, we can. I just want you guys to know I have a ton of questions and I want to dive into this dialogue, but I know what it's like to be on TV and have to jump off. But Andrew, I want to revisit this conversation next week when you have the full half hour and really dive into the nuances and what are the takeaways and the teachable um, opportunities. So, but I will let you Go to TV and um, Barb. Barb, we yes. got to get Andrew into makeup. We got yes. to get Andrew into makeup. <laughs> I'm doing uh, I'm doing digital. Uh, show you the difference between boys and girls. You know, I'm I'm just showing up. <laughs> I'm no hair and makeup. That here. is so uh, unfair. I'm gonna send a picture of what I'm in right now. I'm in hair and makeup right now. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.